Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 160. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Below Springer. This week on the show, we're joined by podcaster, educator, and hairstylist Don Bradley to discuss work stress, boundaries, and how to plan for the eagerly anticipated reopening of salons and spas. Boundaries, they're not a one-size-fits-all. Often what we do is when we're unsure about things, we just want confirmation from someone that we're doing it the right way. There is no one right way to do this. Creating boundaries isn't about shutting a door in someone's face. It's about closing a door and guiding someone to where an open door is. Have a long-term mindset, own it. And as much as you want to have grace for other people, you want to have grace for yourself. This pandemic has caused the very best of us to be anxious, stressed about life, business, and so much more. Since the start of the crisis, many have actually turned to social media or at least shifted to digital solutions to provide either content or connect with clients, loved ones. And there's been quite a lot of peer pressure too, fed by, I guess, our obsession to be so productive. While some people are finding it easy or easier to stay positive and motivated, others not as much. And in the hair and beauty world, the balance act between getting back to business safely and managing clients' expectations adds to the pre-existing stress and anxiety of having been closed for a certain period of time. And that's what we wanted to discuss today. So just to give you a bit of background into our guest today, Dawn Bradley, she's been in the beauty industry for nearly two decades, having spent the last 10 years as a business owner. She's a self-proclaimed overthinker and overanalyzer who's learned the hard way that being a workaholic doesn't pay off in the long run, but that working smarter does. Through her classes, online courses, business programs and mentoring, she now helps other entrepreneurs see that success doesn't lie in the hustle, but rather in the ability to excel in their business while still having a life. She teaches them how to avoid burnout, increase their income and how having a life with balance is achievable. In essence, giving business owners back the power to own their business rather than it owning them. Dawn, thanks for joining us today. It's always nice to have fellow podcasters like yourself on Forest FM. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. Is this your first time in reverse roles or? I have been on a few podcasts, but it always is. It's like the fight to take control. I'm definitely a control freak. So it's like, okay, just sit and let them ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can ask us questions if you like. I'm just not sure if I can give you an answer because that's not what I'm used to. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. We've had we've had a few guests actually play scenarios out on us and uh, it's always very interesting what comes out of that. <laughs> I always feel so stumped though because I'm like, why are they asking me a question? What? what? Yeah, as long as I'm just like, so now on to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, well, today's conversation is going to focus a lot on back to work boundaries. You're actually uh, delivering a webinar with Forrest on the same topic. I guess like I'd love to, if you're up for it, obviously, um, for you to paint a bigger picture for us, like you have a podcast called the Anxious Creative Podcast. Your mission is actually to help hairstylists earn six figures stress free. So it's probably safe to say that you've had some life experiences that led you to creating that mission. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to share a little bit about that backstory? Yeah, I always, whenever I'm like teaching or doing a podcast or speaking on a stage, I always say like the reason how I, the, the reason why I know all this stuff and I can help you is because I did it all wrong the first time around. Um, I've been in the beauty industry 19 years, which 
is unreal to me because I still feel like I'm a 19 year old. Um, but I got into this industry by accident and was told like it wasn't a way to be financially stable and support myself. And I'm the kind of person that like, tell me I can't do something and I'll sure as hell show you that I can. And so, uh, through like to make a very long 19 year story short, um, I, it, I, I've traveled and lived all over. I, I lived and worked in the UK. I lived in Australia. I came back home in 2010. I started my own business and I was a people pleaser. I wanted to make everyone happy to the point of hitting burnout. Uh, I started throwing my back out because I was working so much. I thought I was giving the ultimate customer service because I never said no. I was like, oh yeah, like, look at, I'm such a good customer service person. I like do anything anyone asks. Um, and then it wasn't until 2014, I moved to a new city. Um, I was in my thirties and I started over, which was great. I like built my business back six figures, like in like three months, which was amazing, but I did it all the same wrong way. And then, uh, it wasn't until August 30th, 2016 that I ended in the hot, ended up in the hospital thinking I was dying, thinking I was having a stroke. I had lost all feelings in my limbs. Uh, and it turned out to be a massive panic attack. And that's kind of when like 16 years of people pleasing, no boundaries, convincing myself that I was doing things the right way because I was a, a, a yes person, um, all compounded. There's me once again, trying to make a very long story short, compounded. And it, it ended up in like thinking I was dying, wanting to run and live off the land. Um, and I talked to like an energy healer after, and she's like, what were you thinking that whole time you were in the hospital? And I was like, the whole time I was thinking like, I should refund all these tickets to these classes that were like my dream thing. Like I want to go live off the land. She's like, oh, interesting. You were throwing up and still thinking about business. Yeah. I was the whole time I was in the hospital it was all business. And even like during this coronavirus <laughs> stuff, I'm like, with my anxiety, I'm like, it's all business. And I'm like, oh, like it's to say like, I help a lot of stylists now, but it's still stuff that creeps up on me. So she was like, oh, your solar plexus. Cause I was throwing up for six hours. Um, she's like, that's where your self-worth and your self-value lie. And it was like this, like, aha moment of like, holy shit. Like that's ever, that's it. That's it. It's self-worth and self-value. And so, um, thus born after that is the anxious creative podcast, because I realize so many people struggle with anxiety, with stress that, that makes decisions for them, which, you know, hinders them and keeps them back from the person and, and business they know that they can have and can be. Um, so now I learned, I rebuilt my business, um, six figures without all the stress, without all the anxiety. Would you have been like, what were you like as a kid or growing up? Would you have been always very anxious or did that come with the business? That's a great question. Uh, me and my brother always joke how we like can't remember our childhood. <laughs> so <laughs> probably, I don't know. Um, no, and that sounds like I probably had a terrible childhood. I had a wonderful childhood, but I was the kid who like hid behind my mom's leg and made her talk for me. Mm -hmm. Like I was extremely shy and I owe this industry for helping me get out of that shell. When people see me now or they see that I like speak on stages and teach people, they're like, that's the same Dawn. Uh, and it's taken a lot of practice. And that's what I tell my students. Like this stuff isn't, I can't just give you a, a, a pill or like a one hour workshop that's gonna change us all. It's putting it into action and getting uncomfortable. And I always make it all my classes. I'm like, who's willing? Before I tell them, of course, so anyone listening that's going to ever be in a class, I'm like, are you willing to get uncomfortable to grow? And they're like, yeah. And then at the end, I'm like, so are you really ready to get uncomfortable? <laughs> but truly, it's like the whole working out analogy. Like your muscles are sore. It doesn't feel good. It's uncomfortable. But all of a sudden you get stronger. 
talk about throwing yourself into the deep end because I don't think you could have like a shy and introverted person working in the salon, could you? It's just not that sort of environment, is it? Yeah, yeah. And I definitely need my like recovery time. So that actually ties in quite well to our next point. Um, it's uh, this social media post that was going around was going around on Facebook and it actually comes off the back of an article that Zoe had linked me earlier and it's actually quite infuriating but the post goes on to say something like if you haven't come out of this crisis having learnt a new skill or a new language and essentially what they're saying is you need to take advantage of this crisis or this downtime and kind of better yourself And the article that Zoe linked was a trauma psychologist weighing in on it and basically saying that the whole post was essentially a load of crap. And I couldn't agree anymore because when I saw some of those posts, I actually felt terrible after myself. I was like, where is everyone getting all this time? So what are your thoughts on that? I even saw someone write how this time is a blessing. And I was like, are you effing kidding me? Like say that to the people who have family who are struggling with the, like that have the coronavirus or like from not, <laughs> we, were, we were joking before we started recording how I can bring down our stories, but like I lost a family member during this and we haven't been able to have a funeral or to grieve. Like this isn't just time off. This is, you know, and, and it's, it's, we're all going through a traumatic event together. So I agree a hundred percent. Like There are some people that with stress and stuff, they get really productive. That's how they work through it, which is wonderful. And it usually, I compare myself to them and I feel terrible about myself, but I'm the person that wakes up and feels the weight of the world. Like I swear that I can feel collectively everyone's energy in the whole world right now some days, and it feels really heavy. And so I think the biggest thing is, yeah, I completely disagree with that, um, that, that you can't come out with, you know, it's, it's not about all of a sudden this gift of time off. Um, it's, it's a collective stress that we're all going through. And that means our capacities are going to be different. Um, but the big thing I do want to stress is that we need to have grace and empathy for everyone, for those people who do get really productive and disciplined in times of stress, because that's what helps distract their brain. How can we as people who don't get that way exercise grace for when they say stupid stuff like that? Right? <laughs> and it's really hard because I'm like, I always joke, like, I'm really judgmental of only judgmental people. And but that's kind of the way it goes is like when we feel um like someone said something that hurts us, we kind of want to get like, I don't know if I'm even making sense. Like, how do we disagree, but stay um, in in community with each other and be like, okay, if that works for you, great. Please don't put that onto me. This is what works for me. And we can both be right. And we can both move through this together. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's like every single way of reacting is valid. Because yeah. Nothing's normal. Everyone's going to react a different way. And yeah, like I, I was watching your stories the other day where you were saying your accountant um, was saying how calm and collected you sounded where you didn't actually feel that way. And I think that's that's a reality for a lot of people too where like you'll look and present a certain way but inside you're probably not feeling the same you know and and that's something that we need to be mindful of as well yeah I don't know if you guys are into like horoscopes or stuff like that but I'm a Taurus and so I can be like pretty stubborn but I, someone was like doing something for me and they found out I was like 
part cancer or whatever. And I'm still learning all about this stuff, but they're like, oh yeah, crab, that's totally you. Hard and crusty on the outside and soft and gooey on the inside. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but it's like, basically people are like, yeah, like they like always, I've been told my entire life that what people perceive of me is like, like I've been told that people think I'm a bitch when really I'm having an internal panic attack, but I try to look confident on the outside. And I'm like, oh, I'm just misunderstood like 110% of the time. Which <laughs> is frustrating. Like, I think I'm showing everyone how, like, oh my goodness, this is really affecting me. And meanwhile, people are like, you seem to have it all together. And I'm like, oh, that's not at all. It just goes to show you can't judge a book by its cover. Like, you could have someone who their kids now with the schools closed, all of a sudden they're having to homeschool those kids. They could have had a pay cut or even lost their job. And at a time like this, when everything's just feeling so volatile, like, that person might seem fine if you meet them in the street or well across the road because of social distancing but inside they might feel like their world is falling apart and mm, like that yeah because it's so volatile right now we're feeling those ups and down emotions even more frequent and more regular but everyone's putting a face on because that's that's just what we have to do now isn't it we have to get on with it totally and i wonder if it's like i don't know if it's like taught to us but like maybe i was always taught like i remember like being told as a kid to like stop crying so i think i've learned to like have this like exterior of like hey it's all good when really <laughs> my heart's like beating out of my chest and stuff <laughs> but yeah you really can't like and and you can't judge a person by their social media stories or posts, you know, like the whole judge a book by its cover, like you can't, even if people are being really vulnerable and honest, that's only like 1% of their life. They are, you only see what people allow you to see. Yeah, no, totally. It's funny you say that because I'm staying with my partner and only just yesterday she was on Instagram and she came across a certain person that we know his profile and it was, she was going through her Instagram stories and she was like, wow, this person's incredibly active. She's out doing running every day she's doing yoga she's like so busy and I, I i looked at her i was shocked i was like we've gone for a walk every single morning before work we've gone for a walk every single day after lunch and then each evening we've either gone for a run or done yoga i was like we're doing that we're active we're doing the same thing every single day but the only difference is we didn't put it on instagram so you're looking at her going wow she's so active i.e. I wish we were like that. We are like that, but we just don't put it on the social media. So it just goes to show maybe maybe Instagram, that's where we need to uh, step away from. I am such an advocate for muting and and logging off. Like I twice a year, I log off online. Like I turn off my phone completely for seven days. I don't look at it. That's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I've done like a, a weekend detox like that, but I've never actually tried seven days. Um, but something you, you were touching on social media and there's a weird kind of duality with social media at the moment because like it's like one of one of the best ways that you can communicate with your peers, your loved ones. Um but in, in another way, it can become quite toxic. Now, obviously, like the salon industry groups and stuff, they've always existed. If anything, they're just more active right now because everyone's asking questions towards like their business. How, how do I manage this? How do I manage that? Something that I've actually been seeing more and more in the groups recently is, um, and this is like a, a comment that I've kind of shrunk down, but it was like, how do I make it fair for my clients? I'm panicking. They will all want to come back in the first week and I don't want to let anyone down. 
I don't think it's possible, though, for us to open or work more hours due to childcare and other commitments. Like, how do you manage that? And also, she said, it, I don't want to let anyone down. That comes back to your whole, like, boundary thing at the very, very start. You're not letting anyone down. You're only human. Yeah, you're only human and you only have so much time. And truly, like, what I hear in that comment is, one, it's not even factual. She thinks everyone's going to want to get in. And so she's putting assumptions out there. And I remember when I operated my business that way, I never asked, I never inquired, I assumed everything. And I remember like grade eight science, my teacher was like, went to the chalkboard, excuse me, and was like, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me and like wrote it out and it stuck with me. And that's like a big part of uh, inside my, my program, rock your business. It's like a really big part of what I talk about because we make assumptions based on what we would want. And the other thing is that, uh, and I'm going to kind of go full circle is like we, as people pleasers, I say we, because like, it's like, you're all like, once you're a people pleaser, you're kind of always, you're just like getting better at, at it. Um, but I used to operate in the, the only answer to a question was yes. And so I'd be like, how dare they ask me to come in on my day off? But yes, I will. Like, how dare they not thinking I had the power to say no. And I think that's like one part being a people pleaser and another part like the um, like as a woman, kind of how I was raised in society is a little bit of like, you know, you you say yes, you comply, you you know, be, be polite. That's a little bit of like the, the culture that I was brought up in. Um, and so learning to be able to say no and and be okay with it has been hard. And so when I hear that comment, I hear someone making assumptions that everyone's going to all want to come in. Maybe some people have done their roots at home. Maybe, you know, maybe some people are okay with their natural that's growing out. Like you don't, you don't know. So you really need to cut out the assumption. And then the next thing I hear, um, is scarcity mindset is like, there's only so much. And if I say no, people are going to go somewhere else. And if they go somewhere else, my business is going to crumble. And that's just not the case. And I, I get it because I operated with a scarcity mindset for a long time. And I would, you know, squeaky wheel gets the oil. I would, um, cave and bend over backwards for those clients that I didn't like and that the ones that were the most annoying because I just operated like, well, if they leave, then no one will fill that space. But it actually can be a beautiful gift where you can get rid of the the squeaky wheels and the annoying clients (laughs) and you can go out and find the people that you really connect with that respect you. Um, So to kind of, I know I'm like go on tangents and go all over the place, but I think not making assumptions and don't live out of a fear-based mentality that everyone's going to want in. Um, make sure you figure out ahead of time what your hours are going to be. If you're going to work a little extra, that's okay, but have parameters around it. Have your absolute no's figured out. Like what will you for sure say no to and figure out what the gray zone is going to be. So when someone asks for something and it lands in this gray zone, you, you are equipped to know what you're going to answer with and then get really good at being like, I understand this sucks, but unfortunately this is all that I can offer you and know that I really, you know, like I always say, tell your clients in a way that you're not doing something to them or at them, but you're doing it for them. Like, Hey, I would love to squeeze you in, but I've already working a 10 hour day. And I know that if I fit you in at the end of this day, you're not going to get the quality you're used to getting from me. And it wouldn't be fair to me to squeeze you in. And then you be unhappy with your hair because I'm exhausted. So I know it's a bummer not to be able to get in this week, but if we, if you can wait a week, it'll be so much better because I'll be fresh. I'll have a clear mind. I'll be doing well and I'll have rested well. And then people kind of understand why you're saying the no. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. It's a nice way to to flip it around, actually. Yeah, I always say like kindness, compassion, and empathy. You always like 
a lot of times we don't want to say no because we feel like we're being like, no, (laughs) I don't want to do your hair. But if you're like, oh, like I wish I could fit you in, but already it's all fully booked and this bums me out because I'm so excited to see you. But know that the earliest I can get you in is this time. And I know that's longer than you want and it's longer than I want too. Mm -hmm. But it's the way that I can give you the good quality. And when you empathize with them being like, oh, you're bummed out about it too then it, it, it builds that trust and that connection with them. Yeah. So Don, do you own a salon right now or are you more focused on the education side of things? Yeah, I have, I have a small 600 square feet salon that I work in and I have someone that rents as well. Okay, great. This question does apply to you then. Um, how would you as a salon owner yourself manage booking people back in after everyone's been closed for a while? Like a lot of appointments have been canceled. So um, currently people are saying, you know, contact your favorite clients first or get the people who bought vouchers back in first. There's a lot of like rebook on a first canceled, first due back in kind of thing too. Um, and like, of course, not everyone's going to be in a wealthy financial position after this. So some clients are possibly not even going to be ready to be booked back in straight when salons reopen. What's your take on this? How would you go about it personally? And also, no matter what decision you make, you're going to have a few unhappy people. So how do you manage that too? No pressure, but this is the golden answer that a lot of people are waiting to hear right now. <laughs> we're, we're getting this a lot. Um, so how, like, how to get people back in, like organizationally? Um, so because I was going to do a little plug because I have my seven or my client attraction playbook. So if you lose your clients, I have a free workbook on how to get new clientele. And I always say it's great for the beginning of the career, but also great when you do a price increase and you lose people or great when there's a pandemic and you may <laughs> need to find new clients. Um, so they can find that on my website. But I think like the thing is, is that we've never gone through this before. And so everyone's looking for someone to give them an answer. And that's often what we do is when we're unsure about things, we just want confirmation from someone that we're doing it the right way. And I really want to stress the fact that there is no one right way to do this. Um, but you need to tread carefully, like, yeah, just your favorite people. Like, how are you going to communicate that to your not favorite people? (laughs) How are you going to? And so what I would do is I would clean slate my whole schedule because I know people were like canceling people and then like rebooking them and after, but then they had to like cancel another wave of people. And honestly, because I come from the angle of like stress-free, like I want the least amount of stress. I cannot um, stress <laughs> the keyword for today's podcast. Um, I really, and I think this is this isn't me trying trying to be cheeky at all, but like online booking is really important, and you guys know that. Like, it's so important, and I have so many stylists that resist getting online booking because they're nervous there's going to be weird gaps in their schedule or that they lose control. But truly, not having to go back and forth, and, and I work with a lot of single stylists or like you know smaller boutique salons. Um, online booking is the best thing you can have. And so what I would do is I would clean slate. I would get in touch with all my clients and say, we don't know when this thing's over and we don't know when we're coming back. And that totally sucks. And I hate it. And the way to make this the easiest and most streamlined for you and for me so that I can be behind the chair the most and not behind my computer trying to navigate this all is I'm canceling everyone's appointment. I'm going to keep a list of all the people that had appointments booked. 
So anyone that had one that got canceled. And what I'm going to do is when we get back into the salon and I have for sure dates, I'm going to send everyone who had a pre-existing appointment an email first and give you a head start to jump in and book. And it's going to be a first come first serve because how do I make it fair? Like there's really no way to like, you know, and so I, once again, this is just what I, to keep it the least amount of stressful, you'll get a heads up, you get one to two days ahead of the rest of the clientele to book in, you get first dibs. And then I'm opening it up to the rest of my clientele and they have to book online because I'm not going to spend hours and hours every day texting, DMing, oh, this person wants the 2 p.m., but I'm waiting for confirmation from this person that they're going to take the 2 p.m., you know, and then it gets so chaotic and messy that I think the best way to do it is clean slate it. And I know that makes people feel panicky because they're like, well, if I cancel everyone, no one will book back in again. But that's where creating customer, I did a whole class yesterday with a company about how to create customer loyalty during this time away from them. And like, you need to stay in touch. You need to create incentive. You need to actually sell, people want to buy. They don't want to be sold to, but they want to buy, you know, all these ways that, yeah, will it mean you have to put a little bit more effort in hundred percent, but it's not hard. It's not hard work. It's just some work. So that's my really long answer to your question. <laughs> I think it's a fantastic answer. And like you said, it's keeping that streamlined, stress-free approach. However, the inevitable does happen. And like we said, people are feeling a little kind of emotional, volatile. Sometimes your communication might not land too well on a particular person. Like an example we had recently was... A client of ours sent a message in that she was keeping the communications with her clients going and this one client got back to her and said how dare you send me these messages I've just lost my job with everything going on and all you're thinking about is your business and getting money coming back into your business our client was quite upset about this so she was looking to us for advice on it um like you are going to get some clients like this so what sort of advice would you have for this scenario? And just to note, uh, when we looked into it, this client hadn't actually visited the salon in about two years. Oh my goodness. Okay. I always say like 100% you're guaranteed pushback and, and, and a fight with somebody. And there's really no way to make everyone happy ever. And so don't stress yourself over thinking like, how do I word this so that everybody said no one's offended? Like at the end of the day, you can't make everyone happy. And, um, the biggest thing, I love these questions. I get a lot of them and I, and I get a lot about like how to like, people just need the words. Like, I don't even know. Um, and the two most important words, and I want anyone who's listening to like really listen into this, the two most important words you need to remember in times of people coming back at you or frustrated is I understand it's that empathy. It's that being like, okay, like I totally get it. It's like when I was saying before, like, this is such a bummer and I want, I want this for you too. Like know that this is what I want too, but unfortunately this is what I can give you. Um, but knowing that like in this particular situation that we're in, in the world right now is that everyone's stress responses are different. And so who knows, like, especially when it comes to digital communication, which is so much different than face to face. Um, people will say things like in an email and a DM or a text that they would never say to your face. And who knows what else was happening in that moment, in that day for that person. 
So I think like take a deep breath. And what I always say is when you get something like that, that you feel an emotional reaction to, and you want to just like go back on your keyboard is, and I actually have this exercise in one of my programs is go and somewhere separately, write down everything you wish you could say back to them. Like get all the nasties of nasties that you wouldn't even admit to yourself that you want to say and write it down. Don't do it in the reply though, because I've seen people accidentally hit send. That's not a good (laughs) idea, but like, be like, I like, just get it all out, get all the emotion out and then go back to the facts. What are the facts? And then you don't want to like only reply with like cold, hard facts. Cause that feels really cold, but how can I infuse empathy of like, I understand, I understand you're frustrated and I totally get it. This isn't, this isn't an email I'd want to receive either. And it wasn't an email I wanted to send and know that this isn't to try to make things hard for you. I'm learning how to navigate this. Well, I'm trying to make, honestly, I am trying to make things as easy as possible. However, I really appreciate your feedback. And that's actually opened my eyes up to realizing like, Oh, this, this, and this, um, And then it starts like a dialogue and it can actually really diffuse and calm someone down when they feel seen, heard and valued. Absolutely. And I think that is the foundation of who we are as human beings. Mm -hmm. Like we all just want to be heard and valued. And in saying that, like, I want to touch back on the boundaries side. We kind of all know, maybe not, but I'd say in our personal lives, what our boundaries are, right? Mm -hmm. What about in business? Like, what does a boundary mean in business? How do you go about setting it, communicating it to staff, to clients, and setting them is one thing, respecting them also yourself is another. How do you do that? (laughs) So there's a lot in that question, but like, I'd love if we could get into that. Absolutely. I love this too. These are all, you guys are like asking me all my favorite questions. <laughs> I love it. Um, so boundaries. So I think like a lot of people don't know what boundaries are. I didn't know what boundaries were my entire life until like three years ago. Um, and I think people think boundaries are walls. And I remember going to a therapist and talking about boundaries and she had a a whiteboard. And if I can paint a mental picture for everyone that's listening, she went like, if you cut someone out of your life completely, she like drew two stick people and she put like a straight line between them. She's like, there is a wall. There is nothing going back and forth between them. And no boundaries is like, there's no wall. Like anything can go back and forth between. She's like, but, but good, healthy boundaries. And she did like a dash line is she's like, some things can come through, but not all things. And she's like, you know, like creating boundaries isn't about shutting a door in someone's face. It's about closing a door and guiding someone to where an open door is. And I was like, oh, like that, like was an aha moment. Cause I always thought boundaries were just like, you know, like boundaries. And I think for some reason, when I think boundaries, I am like the weirdest person when it comes to analogies <laughs> and visualization is like, I go back to like grade five floor hockey at school and like where the boundaries line were in the gym. I don't know why that's where my brain goes, but like you think of like boundaries as like, there's an inside of them and an outside of them sometimes, but really setting healthy boundaries in your life and in business is what is allowed to come in this way. What's not. And what, when it's not, where can it enter? Um, and so realizing that was really healthy. And so good boundaries in business is when someone asks you to stay late or come in on your day off or get squeezed in, or, you know, ask for something that isn't part of the protocol is, 
is saying like, oh, unfortunately I'm unable to do that, but this is what I can do. And I know for a lot of people that don't have boundaries, when they learn what they are, it's a pendulum swing. Like when you're, and you don't have boundaries, everything goes, and then you learn boundaries and you're like, no, 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 no. And you're like going like a no, you've never learned to say no before in your life. And I know it's what I did with me. And it was like, I'm not like being flexible at all. And then eventually I like settled in in the middle. Um, and so knowing like there might be like case by case, scenarios where, you know, things can bend and move, but you need to clearly define like what you will allow and what you won't allow and, um, and, and know it and be prepared on how you will respond when someone asks for something that isn't within your boundaries. And I think that's the biggest thing is being prepared ahead of time. And it sounds goofy, but I say like, practice in the mirror so you can see what your face looks like. Cause people like me who don't realize that the way I'm feeling internally does not communicate <laughs> externally. Um, when I practice in the mirror and be like, Oh, I looked like a cold hard bitch just then when I was trying to be <laughs> empathetic. Um, or like, you know, don't realize that you're not smiling. And so that I understand that I really want to take care of you, that I want to, I want to make sure you get the best. Therefore, this is why I'm offering you this. Those are really key phrases when having to, um, instill boundaries with clients and same with staff. Like if so many salon owners, their business is run by their staff because they're so scared to cause waves that they cave into it, that their staff and, and it's an unconscious dance an unconscious manipulation that people don't know they're doing. And business owners aren't even running their businesses anymore because they're scared to cause waves with their staff that they'll lose them. But you have to be a leader, whether you're a solo stylist or a salon owner. And that means being prepared and knowing what you will allow, what you won't allow and being a, like knowing that it's okay. That it's like, boundaries, they're not a one size fits all. So you cannot allow something that someone else may allow. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. And if someone, if your staff or a client's like, well, this salon does that be like, that's really great for them. And that's wonderful here. This is what we do. And this is why, and this is, and it's worked well for us. And I'm sorry if like, if this doesn't work for you, I totally understand. And I'll be sad to see you leave and know that you're welcome back at any time. And people will be like, what, what? <laughs> like, they, especially if you haven't operated in that way before. And will you lose some clients? Yeah, but those are the ones that were only taking advantage of you. Or will you lose staff? Possibly. You know, when you start to instill healthy boundaries that you haven't had before, um, people that don't have boundaries will often leave because they feel disrespected by you respecting yourself. I'd like to think that as you grow, as you change as a person, your boundaries can change too. Would you agree with that? hundred percent. And like I was saying, like the pendulum swing, like I went from having no boundaries and thinking I was like such a good business owner. I was like, I really know how to do this customer service thing. I'll just work 24 <laughs> seven. Um, and like it, it fueled me to know that I was making other people happy. Like that's what my, I was handing over my self-worth to other people. Uh, and then I did the pendulum swing. Cause I was like, I'm so sick. I was building up so much internal resentment. I love that I made other people happy. And then I'd walk away from the situation being like, how dare they make me work on my day off? Like as if it was, they, they had control over it. Um, and then the pendulum swing and then like figuring it out. Like I said, like figuring out like, what will I allow? What I won't allow. And maybe originally I didn't want to work on a day off because I had worked 
days off for so long. But then after I've had some rest, I'm like, okay, I don't mind working the odd extra day for this client who has a special event or, you know, like that case by case and, and knowing that you can reevaluate and you're allowed, like, that's the beautiful thing. I know there's like some meme where it says a per, like a person's like, you've changed. And they respond like, I sure hope so. Like we're as human beings, we're meant to grow and change as we go through life. And a lot of people get stuck in the, in the feeling that if you make a decision, you have to stay with that decision forever, which just isn't the case. And you're allowed to change your mind and you're allowed to shift and move. And if other people are, are putting on you that you're not allowed to, you might want to reevaluate that relationship. That might be a really toxic place or sometimes people push things on you. And, and I'm speaking from a place of being a, a recovering people pleaser and being, you know, handing over my self-worth and my self-value to other people is they don't get to control the decisions you make and you're allowed to change your mind and that's okay. And so know that if you make a decision in your business today and you realize two months from now, oh, that maybe wasn't the best one because now that I've learned then you're allowed to change it. But I don't want get pe people to get paralyzed in the like, how do I make the right decision? And I always call it the spider web of thoughts where it's like, okay, if I make this decision and then this happens and this happens and this happens. But if I make this decision and it like kind of like all spreads, I know people can't see me. I don't, I'm trying to like using my hands. Yeah, classic overthinking. Yeah, the overthinking and then like you get caught in indecision. And here's the thing, there's no way to guarantee you'll make the right choice ever. You gotta jump and then figure out how to land. And so with boundaries, sometimes you're going to set a boundary that you think is going to really help you and it will help you in that season. And then you'll get out of that season and maybe you needed to set really strong boundaries because you just didn't know how to be, you know, you couldn't be as flexible because you just had to learn to say no. But then you realize like, okay, I feel confident in my no now. Now I can be a little bit more flexible with like, fitting people in, squeezing people in or, or whatever it is, or hours that the salon's open or, or allowing staff to have days off or time off or whatever it is. You can, I think you, you just need to have a lot of grace with yourself too, that you're going to mess up. You're going to do things the wrong way and you just got to own it. And as much as you want to have grace for other people, you want to have grace for yourself. So on that note, I think it's pretty much fair to say not to get caught up in the hysteria of working seven days a week and kind of burning yourself out, um, especially with your staff. Although there may be some staff who, if they work on commission, they might even press for you to work overtime or press for you to keep your salon working overtime and booking in as many clients as possible. But I suppose you just got to kind of stay within your boundaries or the other one is abide by your principles and say no actually we are going to well I'm not going to say the typical salon working hours of the nine to five but along those lines yeah I say like if you want to work a few overtime work like we're all taking a hit during this time like people are not creating income and so people are going to want to recover the income but the biggest caution I would say is like have a schedule, stick to it. If you want to add a few extra hours, go ahead and do it, but be careful. But the trap that people will fall into is if they go back like 24 seven or 12 hour days is what's happened. Cause I've seen it happen in my life and in my student's life is you do that. Cause you're like, well, I'm just going to do that when I come back. And then you see all the money that comes in from that 12 hours, six days a week for that month. And you get greedy and you get used to it. And although you were only going to do it to recover, 
you're like, okay, well now the demands here. Well, now that client knows that I work that day or knows that I work those hours. And then you're creating a lot more work for yourself afterwards. And so I think like have a long-term mindset. And I know the, the temptation is to come back 24 seven, but maybe add a few extra hours that you know that you can handle for the first six weeks and communicate that to your client saying these hours are extra because I want to accommodate you, but know that they're not going to be that way forever. And then that way, when you take them away and you settle back into like your regular hours, people are aware of it. And I, I really can't stress the importance of that because I don't want you guys listening to go back have like six months of amazing work and then you end up in the hospital like I did, right? And you have to rethink everything over. It's just not worth it. So Don, thank you so much for taking the time and being on the show with us, sharing your story, being open and vulnerable with it. We really appreciate that. Uh, you mentioned a playbook earlier on in this episode. So I guess my, my question for you now is how can people get in touch with you and where can they uh, access this playbook and I'm sure many other resources that you have? Yeah, you can find my website's donbradley.com. Um, and you can find me on social media on Instagram at, at donbradleyhair. But I know that the social media overwhelm is a real thing right now. Um, and so I really advocate people to stop the scroll and, and, um, don't consume a lot. So you can connect with me on there. Absolutely. But if you're feeling overwhelmed by social media, hop on over to donbradley.com. I have free resources over there, which are great for this time. If you have the capacity to dive into stuff right now. Um, and for people who are nervous about possibly losing clients, I have my playbook that we mentioned earlier, and you can find that on donbradley.com slash playbook. Um, but also just on my, on donbradley.com, you can find, um, I have a raise your prices, not your anxiety. So if people are thinking about that, um, as well as I have on the top of my website, I have a free week access to my hair painting outside the lines program, uh, which is pretty amazing people. There's over 5,000 people that have dove in and got it and gone through it during this time, which is pretty cool. So if you're looking for a distraction and just to work on your skills, no pressure whatsoever, take time for yourself too, but I've got lots of free resources to help stylists and salon overs over on donbradley.com. That's amazing. Listen, Don, thanks again for joining us on the show. This was so fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much and have a good one. Hey, guys, Zoe and Killian here. There's a lot going on in the world right now and things are changing fast. This is a short reminder for you to stay safe and on top of all the latest and factual news. Your starting point should be your governing health services website. To help you navigate this crisis, Forest Salon Software has also a variety of business resources available. Check out our Help Juice page, the Forest Academy Learning Portal, the Coronavirus Best Practice page at forest.com forward slash C19, the Forest Blog and Podcast, and our multiple on-demand webinar recordings at forest.com forward slash resources. And one last thing, don't, don't be scared, scared be, be prepared. prepared. So moving on now into the Inside Forest segment. Kicking it off, we have two Forest Academy courses that we want to announce. The first one is our brand new SMS and email marketing campaign course. So this course actually is a series which consists of three smaller courses, all designed to help you become a marketing master in forest. The first course shows you how to prepare successful marketing campaigns. The second one takes you through your SMS marketing game plan. And then the third one shows you how to create an email marketing game plan. This series is for salon owners, managers, front of house, or pretty much anyone involved in sending your salon's marketing campaigns. 
It's not a long course, it's made up of three self-talk courses of about 30 minutes each. So with that, you can actually jump in and out and learn it at your own time. But typically, if you do all three together, it could take you a maximum of an hour and a half. The second course we want to announce is a recently added online gift cards generating cash flow during a pandemic course. So this one will take you through setting up your Forest online gift cards in the system. So with Forest, you can offer your clients online gift cards to help generate revenue while your business is temporarily closed. We're seeing great success with salons using this and this course will show you how to get set up. So by the end of it, you should be able to enable your online Forest gift cards. Uh, Disclaimer, it's really not that hard. You just click enable or turn on. You can brand your online gift cards for consistent online presence. It'll show you how to market your gift cards through Forest and we already have SMS and email marketing templates created linking to your gift card. And finally, the course will show you how to monitor and report on your gift card sales. So this course is a very short 20 minutes max. So you can get it done in about 10-15 minutes. If you've any other queries in relation to Forest Academy, just give us an email at forestacademy@forest.com. And just before we sign off, all the webinars that we host live, including Dawn's webinar uh, in collaboration with Forrest that she was talking about, they're all made available to watch on demand after. So you can click the link in today's episode's notes and you'll be able to watch our webinar at a time that suits you. Last but not least, the fourth edition of the 30 Days to Grow Salon Challenge is uh, now open for registration. It's back with a quarantine twist. We're really excited about this edition. Um, Of course, with salons around the world having to close up shop due to COVID-19, we decided to focus this year's leading business growth campaign on helping salon owners and their teams getting ready to reopen. The challenge kicks off on Monday, April 20th, which is today. And for 30 days straight, we'll be providing you with impactful yet easy to execute tasks and they're all designed to benefit your business during these trying times. The registration is free. All you have to do is click the link in today's episode's notes. And we look forward to seeing you join over a thousand salon owners and participants who've decided to take the challenge on this year. Uh, I guess a small note, we would have usually sent off all these tasks by email this year for the very first time. We're going to be providing them to you via Instagram. This is going to allow us to be on top of the pace at which the crisis unfolds and provide regional tasks when needed. Um, The time and effort for each task changes. It depends on what's involved. It can be as simple as sending an email to your clients or watching a webinar in order to upscale for your big reopening. But don't worry, upon sign up, you'll get a detailed email listing everything you need to know to make this challenge a success for your salon business. So again, the start date is Monday, April 20th, which is today. And you can sign up at 30days2grow.com or just click the link in today's episode's show notes. On that note, that's all we got for this week. And as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions for the show in general, send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate and read every single one of them. All of your suggestions help us provide you with the most impactful conversations, especially during this time. And if you want to keep up to date, we also have a Forest FM weekly newsletter going out on every Wednesday. So you can sign up to that. The link again is in today's episode's show notes. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.